Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Doing the Thing podcast. And uh, this is another one of our story time sessions. Uh, Jason and I really enjoy researching some interesting stories from history and bringing relevance to things that are happening today. Um, and we're going to do that today. <clears throat> I should say I'm going to do that today because my friend Jason won't be joining us. He's somewhere between Boston and I believe Albuquerque, New Mexico. So <clears throat> join me in wishing Jason the best and safe travels in his move and relocation. A very exciting time. Um, this is a story about one of the greatest scientific breakthroughs um, in history, and it was actually accomplished by, a, of all things, a group of online gamers, an online game community, um, which just makes it that more, much more fascinating. And, you know, I'll tell you, in thinking about the lead up to this uh, story and how it relates, um, I was thinking back to my early days training in uh, Kempo Karate, and uh, I'm not going to tell you that I was good. <laughs> um, I tried hard, um, but one of the things I really remember is um, we had sparring sessions. So at the time, I was a yellow belt. Maybe I was orange belt. I can't remember. No, yellow. Um, and uh, we had to spar all of the black belts in the studio round robin. And this, by the way, was a full contact studio. So nothing against uh, point sparring kinds of uh, training. They, they have their value as well. But in this case, when you get hit, <clears throat> you're getting hit with the full force of whatever it is. And uh, so I was sparring one of the black belts. And every time I turned to throw a kick, he would kick me in the biggest place that men don't really ever want to get kicked in. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I won't go any further than that. I think you know where I'm talking about. And it wasn't just that it happened once or twice or three times. I stopped counting after five. And finally, I'm like, I stopped sparring. and I just threw my hands up. I'm like, what? What am I doing? And what he explained to me was, um, when I started to navigate my, kip, uh, my kick, I was turning my hips and squaring up on him. And he said, you might as well just put, um, you know, flashing warning lights and, uh, you know, draw a map right to that section because you're just turning it and opening it wide up and wide open. And I realized pretty quickly that I don't want to get kicked there. Uh, <laughs> and so I had to make some modifications. And, you know, in life we face those situations, I think, where, uh, that repetitive compulsion keeps us driven by the things that feel comfortable, that um, we know and that we can trust. And it becomes a little scary sometimes to consider the prospect of stepping away from those things. Um, but this session today is all about doing that. And as importantly, it's about creative out-of-the-box thinking. And sometimes, as we'll learn, even a terrible solution becomes an excellent one. Um, so let's go back in time a little bit and go back in history a little bit. Um, and you all may have heard of the uh, phrase, the Gordian knot, but you may not know where the story originated from. So I'm going to tell you that story and then we're going to get into the science of things. Um, so I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Back in the ancient days, the Phrygian nation, hopefully I got that right again, um, uh, ruler had died. Their ruler had died, and they did what ancient societies normally do in situations like that. They consulted the oracle, who I don't know if the oracle threw chicken bones or red tea leaves or what they might have done, um, <laughs> but they literally said, 
the next king of Phrygia is going to arrive in a wagon. The next person that arrives in a wagon is the king of Phrygia. <laughs> um, and so it happened that Gordius, um, who was actually a peasant um, living on the outskirts of town, um, was coming into town with his wife. And you could just imagine <laughs> his surprise when they're like, they're cheering and throwing, you know, confetti and celebrating and, you know, he becomes the king. Um, and he was so honored uh, by um, being bestowed that title that he wanted to, um, and then, you know, this is back in the ancient gods days, as a show of gratitude, he wanted to dedicate his ox cart that he rode in on to the god Zeus. And so what he did is he tied it with this very elaborate, very complex knot that no one had ever seen. Um, the idea being that it would stay there forever and no one would ever release the knot and it would always be there in, in tribute to Zeus. And that is the Gordian knot. Um, and so the oracle wasn't done. Um, the oracle had some additional proclamations and proclaimed that whoever could untie that knot would go on to become the ruler of all Asia. Um, so as you could imagine, that's a pretty cool thing. Um, as you can imagine, many, 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 many people tried and no one succeeded uh, until uh, a name from history I'm sure you're all familiar with. Um, Alexander the Great arrived in Phrygia and tried to untie the knot and he couldn't. Um, and, you know, we don't know for sure if it was out of frustration or just creative thinking on the spot, but here's what he did. He whipped out his sword and just cut right through it. <laughs> and by the way, he did go on to uh, have a pretty big role as a uh, ruler of a major portion of Asia, I believe. So I guess the prophecy came true. Um, but it's really that bold thinking, right? Going, trying to untie a knot that nobody else in the world has been able to untie, trying the same methods that they've tried, don't work. It's like standing there sparring and turning your hip and getting kicked where you don't want to get kicked. You just, that's repetitive compulsion and you want to get out of that. So that leads me to the story of the folded contenders group and the folded void crushers group. Um, and what they accomplished in three weeks, scientists had been trying to figure out for nearly 10 years. Um, so a little bit of background. Prior to 2008, biologists use a program called Rosetta. And what Rosetta does is attempts to solve complex three-dimensional protein structures. Um, and if you think about the, the origins and natures of disease, viruses, and uh, their protein profiles, that's one of the purposes Rosetta is put in place for us to solve these complex structures. Um, proteins are referred to as nature's origami. And really the riddle of solving their existence is within all of the folds uh, in that nature's origami pattern. Um, so it's a distributed computing program and it simulates and tests literally tens of thousands of different fold possibilities as it tries to solve this equation. Um, and it's one of those shared computing um, programs that when someone is not using your computer, uh, the program will take over and start to run these calculations. Um, and so it was interesting, in 2008, um, 
the folded community began to make modifications to um, uh, Rosetta and to really create an online uh, community, a social community, a wiki page, interactivity, and a true gaming environment um, for a lot of different reasons to uh, you know, bring fun. They evolved the program based on user feedback and really built it into a, a very robust platform. So let's stick a pin in that and let's move over to the University of Washington and Ferris Katib. Um, Ferris Katib was one of the scientists attempting to solve the complex protein structure belonging to the Mason-Pfizer monkey virus. Uh, that's M-PMV if you want to look it up. Um, which is in the family of HIV viruses and causes the AIDS in monkeys. Um, so you kind of see where this is going. Um, by studying that monkey virus, the hope was that it would lead to innovations in the human virus. Um, and he decided to turn over this uh, investigation into that virus structure to the folded community. Um, and what he did is he took all of the work his team had done and they'd come fairly close to solving the problem. So he gave them all of those uh, very close to solved solutions and said, here, finish the puzzle for us. And the folded group failed in every attempt. Um, and here's where it gets very interesting. So Ferris Khatib brilliantly pulled back all of those things that he had sent the folded group scrambled them up and created, in his words, what were terrible solutions. Instead of the near-perfect ones, he turned them around and created very terrible solutions <laughs> and sent those terrible solutions to the folded community. And um, within three weeks, the folded community created a near-perfect model of the protein virus um, of uh, structure of the MPMV virus. And this led to just major breaks, breakthroughs in the treatment of AIDS and HIV in humans. Um, and so sometimes, you know, that creative out-of-the-box out thinking, when you feel like you're getting kicked time and time and time and time again, when you're trying to untie that knot and doing it just as everybody else has and tried and failed that, Sometimes it's these creative out-of-the-box solutions um, that become important. And, you know, I think back to a book I read uh, quite a few years ago called If It Ain't Broke, Break It. And, you know, if you struggle with creative out-of-the-box solutions, um, that's an excellent place to start um, because it challenges you to really brainstorm and, and take yourself out of a situation and look at it from complete new perspectives. Uh, very effective in doing that. And... I would say this to all of you listening, we are, as we all know, in a very unique time and all facing very unique challenges. And sometimes it's those creative out of the box solutions that present themselves to us in times like this. So um, that's story time for today. I hope you enjoyed the story and I hope you'll share this with friends and um, look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you so much.